0: All right, everybody, welcome back. We are in the kingdom series and we are on episode 17. Uh, If you're new here, go back 17 episodes, start from the beginning. I'm taking you on a journey and uh, you definitely need to uh, start back uh, from the beginning. There's hours worth of content before this one. All right. So my main point in this is born from above uh, to even see the kingdom. Man, I was uh, raised inside of uh, Christianity, inside of uh, the Church of the Nazarene and, and Pentecostalism and stuff like that, and that is that uh, I was uh, uh, familiar with uh, with God, with the Bible, and with all of those things. Uh, as I begin to enter my teenage years, uh, probably about 12, uh, I think I started, um, you know, getting a lot of bad habits, (laughs) getting into a lot of trouble. And um, my grandma thought it would be uh, a good thing to get me inside of Christian school that maybe, you know, this will, will help him, uh, lost soul sort of thing. And so uh, I go to Christian school and, um, you know, uh, being inside of that environment uh, didn't change me much. I didn't uh, get a spiritual awakening uh, inside of Christian school. You know, inside of Christian school, they had uh, chapel, and that is where we dressed nice on Friday and we went into the chapel and we got this lesson. And I didn't have uh, a spiritual awakening, you know, inside of chapel either. And then, um, You know, my grandma thought that uh, I needed therapy, right? And so there was this uh, Christian um, uh, therapy, uh, tough love sort of counseling thing. And so she put me in that and uh, I started going to there. And um, it didn't create any form of spiritual awakening inside of uh, therapy. So I point all that out to, to point out. You know, I'm inside of uh, um, Christian school, um, going to chapel, you know, I'm inside of therapy and all of these different things. And um, it didn't produce the, uh, the awakening that I needed inside of my life. Not to say that I didn't plant the seeds because looking back, I would say, well, you know, there was a lot of seeds planted during that time. It wasn't until um, I was living on the streets uh, after my grandmother died uh, after I ran away and, um, you know, and got into cooking meth and those sort of things that I experienced, uh, an overdose. And that was the moment, um, where I had this encounter with God, where, where, um, where it almost like I was, I was going to meet him, you know, in, in this angry state of being like so angry at him that it, it shocked me and it, and it woke me up. Uh, and that is to say, that's when I had a, a spiritual encounter. That's when maybe all the seeds that were planted in me, uh, through Christian school chapel and therapy, that's when they were actually, uh, born or came to fruition. So I, I say all that to say this, that there was a moment in time where, um, where it seemed like, and looking back that I became spiritually alive. And that is that I began to start uh, seeking uh, and pursuing God and being more open to the Bible and to the spirit and started actually reading it myself. And so there was that moment in time for me where I became uh, spiritually alive, if you will. So John three, uh, 3 through 5 says this Jesus answered and said unto them, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Jesus answered, uh, This is in verse 5, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless you're born of water and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So we're going jump to jump into the different translations here and we are going to uh, get an idea of what this means. The amplified version says this. Jesus answered him and said surely I say unto you and most solemnly say to you that is like a double uh, a double statement unless a person is born again reborn from above spiritually transformed renewed sanctified he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. The CEV translation Jesus replied I tell you for certain that you must be born from above before you can see god's kingdom now i do want to comment on this one just because of the radicalness of the statements when um, i've already talked to you previously about how um, jesus sets up his conversation and say what i'm about to tell you is absolute fact in 100 percent certain that it magnifies the statement and we should also uh pay attention to it because there's a sense of uh, foundational truth and there's a sense of gravity to what is being said so we see here in this translation he says i tell you for certain you must so we have this Uh, certainty and, and we have must, and when, and they put them together and they did so for a reason to not only to see that you were uh, certain, but that you were 100% certain that there's no uh, deviation from this truth whatsoever. So certain and must. And so that word must also uh, indicates a vital necessity and an essential requirement so in, in a sense, Jesus was saying it's a vital necessity and it's an essential requirement for you to be bo- born from above. And that is if that you're not spiritually born, you can't even see God's kingdom. Uh, the ERV translation is the man be born anew. And the YLT translation says he is not able to see God. The reign of God. So I wanted to bring all of those out because they point um, to all different uh, uh, things, you know, being born anew, being born from above, being uh, spiritually transformed and able to see the kingdom of God is understanding uh, the reign and his sphere and his dominion and his royalty and the realm to which he reigns. It's all included inside of that. So what does it mean, uh, to be born again? Now, me personally, uh, you know, I'm outside of, um, uh, evangelicalism and I'm outside of, uh, maybe traditionalism and that I don't see myself as a fundamentalist. So. I would, uh, you know, the word it, it bugs me a little bit, just because it has this uh, connotation of um, of a certain sect of of Christianity that that I believe is not really one hundred percent of what God really wants. So, you know, it's classified as those born againers, you know, and um, that seems so far removed from from what Christ teach or, or from the gospel of the kingdom. So, uh, I would, uh, confess my first reaction to that is adversion. Um, but I would say that as we begin to, uh, look at this and, um, and look at what is actually being said, uh, then we gravitate away from a certain class of Christianity and just understand what, what is being spoken and what is being said. And that is that uh, the person is spiritually born. Uh, they're born anew. They're born from above and they're spiritually uh, transformed. And that is that the, uh, the fire or the flame has been lit uh, inside of the, the person's uh, uh, body. And that is to say that we are now spiritually alive. You know, I like to look at it in this sense of, you know, we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. Now, within the soul, we have the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind we know is the the brain, uh, the uh, capacity to, to think and all these different things. The will is the... Uh, the hungering in the, in the desire that happens uh, inside of our lives. And the emotions are, we already know what emotions, happy, sad, you know, joy, all of those things. So inside of the mind, we have those three categories, body, soul, and then the spirit. And that is the spirit is the inner being. And it's the part of us that we feed. The Bible says that we uh, feed the inner man. It's also the part of us that comes alive during this process of being spiritually born. Now, there's a lot of people that are body and soul, and that is the the part of them, uh, the spiritual man hasn't been conceived or born yet, and they're not spiritually alive and active. That is to say that they're not uh, connected to that create to their creator now we can only know god um, by the spirit god is a spiritual being and he desires for us to worship him in spirit and in truth in fact jesus said that the words that he speaks the the their spirit and their life and that is to not to say that they, they don't uh profit uh, the body and the and the soul realm that they're meant to to go inside of the spirit. So that being said, that when we feed ourselves, when we connect with God, when we read the scripture, and all those things that was meant to um, feed the spiritual part of you. Now, what has happened uh, in today's society is that it more feeds the intellect. And that is, you know, they are on a knowledge quest and to get all the information and the facts right. And uh, their spiritual disciplines are to feed their mind. And their mind is, is puffed up and it's, it's spiritually fat and has all of this knowledge about God, but it doesn't have the, the spiritual life. Uh, it's not to the feeding of the, of the spirit man. So that is to say, you know, when I went to uh, uh, Christian school, it was uh, feeding my uh, mind. Uh, When I went to therapy was feeding my mind and um, chapel and all these different things were were the feeding of my mind. And then there was a point where that seed uh, somehow was implanted and that it produced the actual spirit, spiritual life. Now, before I might be able to tell you multiple things about God, I might even tell you, um, you know, what the gospel message is, and I might be able to tell you where it talks about um, submitting your bodies to God. But I was the last one to actually practice any of those things, even though I had uh, mental knowledge of it. So, what happens when we are spiritually born is that 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 uh, uh, truth. Goes into our spiritual life, and it becomes active, and and we begin to embody the truth uh, inside of our life. So it's more than mere uh, head knowledge in the feeding of the soul. So uh, let's look at these words real quick, because they're going to give us an understanding of what it means to be uh, spiritually born and born from above. So the term regeneration uh, comes from the word genesis or a regenesis. Uh, which talks about generation, um, which means to <clears throat> to bring things into existence. Uh, this is why the book of Genesis is called the beginning. It's when God brought things into existence. Uh, we read in the book of Genesis that it's in the beginning, God created. And so when we talk about re... Inside of that context of of being spiritually born or born from above, it means to regenerate or a regenesis or come back to the beginning or God creating uh, something uh, powerful uh, inside of our lives. Spiritually born, life from above, connectedness to Him. You see a uh, going back to the beginning sort of mindset. So in Genesis, we see that uh, god created man and he gave him authority over the earth and he said be fruitful multiply fill the earth subdue it have dominion and all of these uh gave in context that um that the heavens belong to the lord but the earth has he given to the children of men right and that there was a, this authority that was given and we know uh, through the story and the narrative that Adam forfeited uh, his uh, right uh, to the earth, and and it comes in the context of you are the servant to whom you obey, and that he obeyed the serpent, and he became in a sense uh, subject uh, to that uh, uh, to him, if you will. So, but God's idea of the spiritually born is to take us back to his original intent. That is to say that he had a purpose when we were created. And that is for us to begin to rule and reign with him and that his kingdom of heaven would begin to invade the earth and that we would be a part of that process, that we would be uh, sons of God and that we'd be filled with this power and that we would uh, uh, subdue the earth and have dominion. This is his original intent. And we understand that he hasn't abandoned any of those purposes. That that is still true for us today. And what we understand from that is when we are spiritually born, we get a regenesis, And that is that he takes us back to the beginning and says, I'm going to create back in you my original intent that I had for you. And I'm going to bring that life and I'm going to bring that power and I'm going to bring that back into existence inside of your life. And that ultimately is what, um, what this kingdom is all about. And that is restoring man to God's original intent. And that original intent is not a pie in the sky and some harp in heaven or or whatever it is. It's the advancement of his kingdom upon this earth and that he will rule and reign and we will rule and reign with him. That is the vision of what uh, God's original intent is. So that is to say that somebody who is not spiritually born and has not been made alive uh, cannot uh, perceive consider or understand what it is that I'm talking about and they can't uh, uh, get a spiritual imagination about what it means in the kingdom uh, uh, having this kingdom of peace and and having his rule and and coming under his authority and all of these different things you can't even uh, begin to fathom or to understand what that looks like that is also to say that you can't perceive the importance of it for so long. Um, you know, I thought that um, the message of the gospel was a personal, sort of individualistic invitation. That is to say that um, um, if you say this prayer, uh, you won't miss the rapture, and you'll be uh, you'll be ready. You got your ticket. Uh, sort of thing. And that is, I didn't perceive the meaning and the importance of being inside of the kingdom. I didn't see the importance of him beginning to uh, establish his kingdom upon this earth. And I see the importance of a mission and purpose inside of that whole uh, thing that he wants to accomplish. And so that is that I couldn't see it, I couldn't understand, I couldn't perceive it. And so this all happens when we become spiritually alive and connected to Him. We are able to know and we are able to discover. And the reason why is because we have the Spirit of God illuminating us. And that is that He is there uh, educating us, teaching us, opening our eyes, and we are spiritually alive. We can now see and discover what it is that God wants us to see and discover. All right, so what passages support this? John 1:12 and 13 says this. But as many as received him to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those that believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man but of God. So there's four points that I want to, to bring out inside of this context, being spiritually born is the start of life. It's the start of a spiritual life. In fact, it's a, it's a life described as Zoe and it's the quality of life possessed by the giver of that life. And so when we were born, we were born into this life of humanness, of flesh and it was the quality of life possessed by our parents right and so when we are spiritually born and become spiritually alive we become uh uh we get the quality of life possessed by the giver of that life and that is that he begins to uh we have this divine life now this is why that um it would be classified as we have received eternal life already because the the flame has been lit and we have become spiritually alive and that divine life has made its uh, deposit within inside of us and we have been spiritually born and we are alive and we are active right And we now possess the quality of life that he gives. And this happens uh, according to John as many has received him. That is that we have uh, uh, been open, he has, um, begin to, uh, illuminate our hearts into, to open, open us up. And we were able to uh, receive what it is that he had to give. And it goes on to those that received them. They got the right. And what this comes from is the, the, the authority, the stance, the audacity, uh, to become the children of God. And so this whole, uh, thought of being spiritually alive is for us to understand that we are his children and that he personally has begotten us. And so when we were born in the natural, nobody asked us whether we wanted to be born or not. Right. Uh, This happened by an act of the, uh, of the wheel of our parents uh, hooking up. Right. And that it was their decision to do so. And that's what brought us, you know, into the world. Now, those who are spiritually alive was an act of God's will. And that is that he personally decided that he was going to begot some children. And he and we were born. And this didn't happen because uh, we willed it. This didn't happen because our parents willed it or any other thing. This is because God willed it. And that is that he had a a desire within himself. And he said that I am going to produce this child. And here he is. And he's spiritually born. And he is a child of the king. And we were born by his will. Now, humans can only produce human life. And when we're talking about being born spiritually, what often gets neglected is that we are born by his spirit. And that is the Holy, <laughs> the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And that it's uh what I'm talking about here is the capital S. And And that the natural life produces natural life and the spiritual life produces spiritual life and that he has, uh, put his, uh, seed within us and it sprouted. And now we are this living being and we are this spiritual being that has been produced by the spirit of God. You see, the wind blows wherever it wants. You hear the sound of the wind. But you cannot tell from where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit, capital S. Okay. Everyone who's born of the Spirit. And that's one thing that, that uh, we forget to uh, put inside of this conversation. First Peter one twenty three says this. For you have been born again, that is born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for his purposes, not of the seed, which is imperishable. That is the little spermie and the little thing that we were created from this, this human flesh that is perishable from that, which is imperishable and immortal. So I know this uh, might uh, bring up some different imaginations in your mind but we know from the the flesh uh sperm that a flesh man is created and that in a sense god is saying that the spiritual reality operates the same way in that divine life that is imperishable and that is immortal and it's produced by the the message of the kingdom that goes forth and that's what uh, begins to impregnate our hearts. That is the seed that gets implanted and that seed springs up and it comes alive. And it is imperishable and it is immortal. And that is the spiritual life that is inside of me that it will never die. It is life that comes from God. So this is all about understanding and and fully grasping that you are a child inside of the kingdom. And that is the main message of this, that you are born of God. You are born from God and that you are now his uh, child. He has spiritually begotten you and that this means something. And what I want to point out into here is exactly what it means because until we get a glimpse of this, we are not going to operate very well inside of the kingdom. And uh, let me tell you what this is. That Jesus, the Son of God, when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and it said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And inside of here, we see the process that God wants to take us to and take us through and some things that we need to thoroughly understand for this uh, radical uh, sonship to be established inside of our hearts. And that is Jesus first came to this baptism. That was this outward sign of an inward work, and he was showing us that the the first step inside of this process is a heart that turns to God. Now, some people would say, you know, no, you know, it's a heart that repents from all of their sins. And I would just beg to differ because in reality, that he doesn't want us to begin to think about every single possible sin that we have committed and, and, and turn from it. What he wants us to do is in this act of repentance is turning to him. And when you turn to him, that act will automatically cause you to turn away from other things. So this is the process of divine life. And it, it goes into this prayer and communication that while Jesus was praying... And that this communication and this uh, connection was established. So number one, we turn to God. Number two is this connection and communion communication is established. And step three that we see in the process is that the, that the heaven was opened. Okay. So turning to God, prayer, heaven open. What is it? What is this context? What is it? What is it saying to us? Is that this turning to God produces a uh, communication and that communication uh, turns into this direct access and that we understand that uh, heaven is now open to us. We have direct access to the father and communication is now possible. And that's the whole a mode of operation that God wants to begin to establish inside of our heart. But what happens after the direct access is that the Holy spirit descended, it came down. And that is the, the, in this process. And it happens almost instantly. We begin to turn to God. We begin to communicate. Heaven gets open. The spirit begins to come down and to invade us and we become spiritually alive. And what is said after this you are my son in whom I am well pleased. And so we see sonship established and we see approval um, spoken and uh, given over the life. Now, here's, here's the problem in this is that. We don't see God's mode of operation. We don't see that he wants to accomplish every single one of these turning to him, open communication, direct access, spiritually alive, sonship and approval. And they're all wrapped up together. And this is the this is the whole enchilada of coming into the kingdom. And that we we rest content with turning to God. And maybe we start a little bit of prayer. And we don't understand the full direct access to the King. We don't understand the the power of the Holy Spirit inside of our lives and becoming uh, partakers of that divine life. And we certainly don't understand sonship. Uh, we understand slaveship. <laughs> we don't understand sonship and our place inside of the kingdom. And the last one, I would say that As rarely experienced uh, this sense of uh, acceptedness, approval, and well pleasedness. So what does it mean to be approved by God? You know, in the, in this ancient practice of um, a marriage and stuff, the, the approval or being well-pleased was the father's blessing in the marriage. Approval equals you have my blessing. Now, many believers think that they have to struggle to get the father's blessing, right? Not understanding that we have been blessed already. And when we understand the process of what God takes us through, that the start of this divine light uh, life establishes us inside of sonship. And we come into the place where we have his approval that we are blessed already. Then the struggle to earn all of those things is over. And this is the reality that's supposed to take place inside of the kingdom, but nobody's told these things. In fact, if you, if you, say, if you say somebody is, uh, has divine life within them and they have the power of the Holy Spirit and that, that Spirit will teach them all things and they don't need any man to teach them or, or you raise them up in, in, in sonship where they begin to stand in their authority and begin to be, uh, be an instrument of God used for His purpose. If you tell people that they are accepted approved, and well-pleased before God, then you have no more fear strings you don't have any other like things to pull inside of their lives to to get them to conform to religiosity to get them to do what you want them to do that is to say if you thoroughly tell people how free they really are then they're going to begin to walk in that freedom right And so that's why this has uh, not been communicated to its full capacity, because if people understood that, then they would, uh, they would fully recognize who they are. They would fully recognize what they have, and they will fully recognize the, the establishment and the connection with God that they really have. Right now, uh, Jesus, after this experience, he, uh, begin to go into the wilderness and, and to be tempted by evil. And then he goes into and starts this public ministry. And that is he heard, this is my beloved son in who I'm well pleased. And all of these things were established in his life. And then he was ready to face his demons. And that is not his personal demons, but the demons, Right. And we often have to personally face our personal demons but and the skeletons in our closet. Uh, But the reality, the power for him to go inside of this uh, temptation and to face it was from turning to God, open communication, heaven open, direct access, spirit coming down, power, empowering life, sonship is established and knowing that he's accepted and proved of God. And then he was able to go from that state into the next state. You know, I find there's a lot of people trying to uh, overcome the darkness inside of their lives. And they don't even know uh, the power of heaven that's at their disposal. And they're not uh, thoroughly established in their identity as a son. And that they don't fully understand the acceptance and the approval of God upon their life. You see, Jesus was able to face the darkness because he was thoroughly established in these realities inside of the kingdom. And if we begin to establish people inside of these, you know what what we'll see? We'll see men begin to rise up in their sonship. We'll see men begin to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we'll see men begin to be established in the acceptance and the approval of God. And it will begin to destroy the darkness that is consuming their life. What is the current state of Christian men? It's funny, man. Like the world has, has Christian men targeted and pegged. And that is, uh, addiction, <laughs> Uh, To uh, substances and addicted to pornography and just this overall just weak quality of life. And as you look, that is the the uh, life that is inside of uh, most uh, Christian men's life is one of weakness, one of frailty. And I believe it's because of what I'm talking about here, that the realities of being spiritually born alive and active and all these realities that are set up uh, inside of Christ and established as the pattern has not been taught, has not been seen, has not been believed. And uh, none of these things has been established inside of their life. If they were, they would thoroughly understand that they are a child of God and that they are approved by the Father. You know, the only thing worse than like outright sin is a believer who feels less than a son and it feels like he must uh, struggle to obtain God's favor. Now, what I'm telling you today is that inside of the kingdom that you your sonship is waiting for you. And today you can begin to know his approval. You can begin to understand that, um, uh, that he thinks well of you, that he endorses you, that he supports you and has your back. You'll begin to see that you are his offspring, that you have been begotten by him and that he advocates you. He will uphold you. He will validate you. He is responsible for you. And he, expresses his favor over you you know we often think that um that god uh abandons his children but he says this i will never leave you nor will i forsake you and he's not some father that goes out and fathers children and then leaves them to be unfathered and the call of the kingdom is to call us back to being fathered by God. God says, you are my child. You are my offspring. I have created the divine life that's within you. Follow the process. Follow the process that's laid out for you. Understand that this is a spiritual reality. You have turned to me. Your prayers and your communication has been established. Heaven is open for you. And that you have direct access to me and to my kingdom and to the resources you need to be victorious. That my Holy Spirit has come and started this divine life within you. And you are now established inside of your sonship. And I am well pleased. I am your father and you are my son. That is the reality inside of the kingdom. Peace.